Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a super special guest. It's um, one of my friends' friends, one could say, but um, this person has gone through a whole lot in his life and there are just so many ways that we're going to dive into where we can just see how God has placed his hand over his life and has just grown him in so many ways and so we're just gonna dig into a little bit of his experiences and this person is John Smith. You might know him from his movie Breakthrough or his book or maybe just hearing about him. He's kind of famous within Christian circles you could say. He um, fell through some ice and long story short he had Um, a lot of complications. They didn't know if he was going to live or not. And God really did an amazing miracle and saved him through that. But we will talk more about that um, in the podcast and just kind of see his thoughts and like where God's led him in his life since then. So John, um, welcome. Thank you for being here today. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, I guess just kind of to start out, um, for the people who don't really know your story, could you give us like a little brief overview of what happened to you? Uh, So basically, in a nutshell, I am the boy that was dead for over an hour, um, and my mother prayed and brought me back to life. Uh, Me and three boys were out on the ice at Lake St. Louis here in Lake St. Louis, Missouri, um, we were having a good time. Um, I got a phone call from my mom asking if I wanted to go play some basketball and train. I said, of course. Um, she said, I love you. I said, I love you too. And within eight seconds, all three of us fell through the ice. Um, one boy was able to self-rescue. And then me and my other friend, we were about 25 to 50 feet out from shore. There was no way that we were going to get back to shore. There was just too much ice in between us. We were pushing each other up just to stay afloat. We were doing everything we could physically to just stay alive um, until I had drowned. Um, I was underwater for 15 minutes until Winslow Fire Chief, or uh, Fire Captain, sorry, Tommy Shine came in with a uh, pike pole, which is a long pole with a big hook at the end used to tear drywall down in a fire. Um, He was looking for me, and uh, he heard a voice saying, go two feet to his left. He... um, he went, to, he went to his left, he stuck the pike pole down, and he found me after 15 minutes. He pulled me up, rushed me to shore. They did everything medically and scientifically possible between then and getting to the hospital at St. Joe's West in Lake St. Louis, Missouri, where they worked on me for an additional 45 minutes. Um, they, don't, they don't say that you're dead until you're warm and dead. They raised my body core temperature. They did everything possibly to bring me back to life, but nothing was working. Dr. Kent Sutter brought my mom in, and my mom didn't really know what was going on. She just knew that it wasn't looking good. So they cleared the room, and they let my mom go in, and she prayed. She said, Holy Spirit, give me back my son. Give me back my boy. And within seconds, I had a pulse. Um, I was dead for an hour and eight minutes. From that time that I woke up, I was released from all medical personnel 16 days later, or I was released from the hospital 16 days later, and then I was released from all doctors 40 days from that. Um, This all led to the movie um, Breakthrough, the book Breakthrough, um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, no, that is such an amazing but crazy and scary story, um, to be honest. Like, I watched the movie and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like, no way, obviously I had known that you made it and that you were alive, but even watching that movie, you're just, like, on the edge of your seat, kind of being, like, I, I couldn't imagine this actually happening, so even in your circumstance alone, like, that was a crazy experience and an opportunity for the Lord to produce a miracle, which we don't always think about is the fact that for a miracle to happen, there has to be an area where the Lord can move in that way. So that, just like going through that for you, I could not imagine. And I am so glad that the Lord just worked so heavily in your life on that and in that way. I know you are from Missouri, a fellow Missourian, and um, so we can we can bond over that. But um, as far as life goes since that moment happened, how would you say that the Lord has impacted your walk with Him and your life? Because I know that you were doing interviews and you were going on tours and like you were saying to me before, um, you went on like four different tours and they're for like church and book and for the movie. And so surely that had to impact, um, your life in a, in a great way. Uh, <clears throat> I want to say now, um, that I'm off the tour. I'm learning more about myself than when I was on the tour and doing all these great things. Um, I mean, from sunup to sundown, it was nothing but breakthrough. It was emails, phone calls, FaceTimes, Zoom interviews, um, in-person interviews, airports. It, it didn't matter. I really didn't have time to focus on myself. Um, am I thankful for this opportunity? Obviously. I mean, it was a great time of my life. I learned a lot um, just regarding different things in ministry and media and marketing and all those awesome things. But now that breakthrough is I, breakthrough has never really ended i mean i still speak to this day at youth conventions and wherever people need me but yeah um right now it's been a lot of just i've really learned my purpose and my calling um especially for the time being now um for this specific time in the world that we're living in um we live in a crazy world and i i just believe that for my calling I was, for a while, I was listening too much on what it seemed right for me to do rather than what yeah. God had for me to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of Christians get that mixed up. You know, there's a there's an easy route and just, okay, this is what feels right. This is what feels secure. This is what feels safe rather than, okay, you know, God, what do you actually have for me? And so I attended a year at um, North Central University up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I loved my time there. I met a lot of great people. I learned a lot in that short year. Um, it was the year of COVID, so my semester was cut short that January. But I also learned a lot of things that concerned me, um, a lot of things that I know that I need to grow in personally um, and that I need to teach my children for when they become the next, you know, to take my spot. Um, Ab my wife now, Abby, um, and I decided to return home after some things politically and also my parents' health. So you talked a lot about reprioritizing, um, making time to to work on yourself and knowing things now that you'd want to implement in your future family with your kids. So why don't we talk about that? Because you just had 
another crazy life event happen. Um, so your wife, Abby, was pregnant and y'all just had a kid. Um, Man, it's been, it is a daily learning. It's a daily course of just learning um, with him. Our, our son was born on December 10th. We're almost to a month and it has been just an eye-opening experience because I'm adopted. You know, I was adopted at five months old. Um, mm -hmm. My parents are significantly older. Um, they adopted me when they were 50, so they, they were quite a bit older. And so for me to have a son this young, it is, it's, it's an honor and it's a blessing to know that I'll be able to do a little bit more than what my parents were. I wouldn't replace my parents for anything. They tried their hardest and gave me their absolute best. But I think now for yeah. me, not just emote like it's not just spiritually being the best leader that I can be but also like the physical leader you know taking care of my body taking care of my health mm -hmm. um just making sure that I can be around for him as much as I can and then also you know more importantly just raising him to be you know the leader that you know God has for him um we've been we've been you know doing that creating like a a, a month by month um photo album for him yeah. And one of them was write down what you want, you know, the prayer for your son. And it was, you know, it's simple. You know, you never want to see your kid fail. But more importantly, you just want to see your kid strive after what the Lord has for him. Yeah. You know, run with him with an open heart. Run with him with him an open mind and to trust him. And I mean, it's simple, but I think it's the most hard thing to do in the world. Because, you know, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of judgment. But for me, that is going to be the main thing and the most simple thing that I teach him. It's you're not promised tomorrow but mm -hmm. I, I can tell you son that if you just chase after god with your whole heart the path may not be straight but you're gonna get there yeah so. no that is great insight and i think even like in light of everything that you've been through in your life like so many people can look at that and be like oh well he was just the guy who had that movie made about him or he's just the guy that wrote the book whenever you have your whole life ahead of you. I mean, you're so young. You're, I think you're, uh, I'm 22 and you're close. 21. Yeah, you're 21. So we're pretty much the same age. And that's like insane to think about that. Like the people that know you and know your life is just a small part of your life that happened so early on when the Lord is walking you through new seasons and and new things and you have all of this stuff to learn and to think about and to take with you and and while it was you know probably a big blessing for you to get all of that experience and knowledge and intimacy with the lord um, in the beginning of your life there's still so much and and those 15 minutes of fame or whatever it was for you and however you view it like that uh was just a small part of all of the things to come and all of the great god experiences that are going to happen in your future um so with that you probably have like new god dreams maybe or dreams that have changed uh, are there any dreams that you can think of that have changed um <laughs> I've always been a very simple guy. I mean, you can, Alyssa, you're a good friend of yours, has watched me kind of go from, really just walk my whole testimony from start to from start to finish and continue. <laughs> um, so she can definitely verify all of the things that I'm saying. But it's it's. I used to want to be someone that I 
knew I shouldn't. And I wanted to be someone that I know that God didn't call me to be. And I lived that lie for a good four years. And, you know, now that I'm born new in Christ, and we can go into that if you want, but it's, God is just, you know, he's relieved me of so many things. He's blessed me with so many opportunities and he's healed me from a lot of damaging things that happened during my childhood, you know, being adopted, Mm -hmm. you know, going through all these things, um, addiction to things that I shouldn't be looking at and, you know, acting out in and, you know, doing and, you know, the typical X, Y, Z of things that kids just nowadays just shouldn't be involved in. And I was, and, you know, now that I'm, you know, I can honestly say that I'm not perfect, but I can say that my head's a little bit more on screwed on, right? Um, my dreams now are just, it's simple. I just, I want to live to grow old and see my grandchildren. I want to continue to chase what God has for, you know, me and my family. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, my, I, I, for a lot of, for probably the majority of the time during breakthrough, I was chasing a calling that I felt like God has for me at some point in my life. Um, but -hmm. it's not right now. It it really isn't. And I, 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 the more that I get closer to that, I truly believe that I felt like my calling now was supposed to be a pastor, um, was to be in the four walls of the church and kind of, you know, start something from the ground up. But now that I'm just realizing that I need to chase after what God has for me, I'm tackling the outside of the church. You know, I really want to go for the athletes and the kids um, in less fortunate circumstances and, you know, raise leader within sports um, and within, you know, weightlifting and gyms and physical activities rather than, you know, limiting, limiting, limiting it to you know just the four walls of the church and I feel like that's been a huge issue is you know sometimes pastors we're not getting out you know we're not branching out to areas where we can really grab kids and bring them in Um, and so this is just a whole different avenue so that's been a big dream of mine is just to be plugged back into sports to be able to um, to be able to just reach the loss in a different way I mean, honestly, Um, to be able to care about them in a way that maybe they haven't experienced and in turn show them that that's how God cares about them. Wow. That that is so incredible. I feel like the Lord, just the way that like I've seen and and talked to people is the Lord uses the desires that he's put in our hearts to help us minister to other people. And so like in those same ways that you've had passions like you've been passionate about sports and you've been passionate about um like your own feelings within adoption and and nurturing and making sure that your family is well cared for in those same ways the lord is allowing you to minister to people in similar ways Mm -hmm. that have similar walks of life and i think that's so special because a lot of times we think of pastors like what you said was pastors don't always reach those kids well and they don't always think about that but for God to specifically put you in that area is so special and so unique because he's given you those specific desires those specific dreams that he hasn't given that many other people and then with your platform even on that even though it was just you know maybe not even the most important part of your life but it was something that the Lord had blessed you with, like a platform. And through that, so many people can see 
the way that you're loving others and the way that you're ministering now and they can see your heart through all of it which is so so special I think I wanted to ask you what do you value more now slash what do you think about often that you hadn't before God brought you out of that hospital um I really value <laughs> um that's a tricky one what do I value now a lot more um <laughs> I honestly, I think I value just my time with my family a lot more um, than I did before the accident. Um, just the importance of family, whether that is any, whether that's blood or not, whether that's the same last name or not, valuing time with the people that you are close to you. I'm a firm believer that God brings people in your life and he will also weed people out of your life that don't need to be there. And that is definitely what God has done to me these past couple um, years is I know who my circle is. My circle's not big. It really isn't. It's it's probably about maybe, maybe 10 people. Um, but valuing that time with them, making sure that I am always seeing them and always being with them. Uh, uh, it's a very simple concept for me. Um, I try and make sure that I go out with at least one of my close friends at least once a week. Whether that's going to the gym, whether it's going out to eat, whether that's, you know, sending them a text, calling them, playing video games with them online. <laughs> Just that time of fellowship is very important for me um, to be able for them to know that I love them and that I care about them and that I care um, and that I'm thinking about them. Because I feel like too many times for me personally back then, I was not creating the time that I needed to. And unfortunately, People, we aren't promised tomorrow. And mm -hmm. so, you know, one of my great things that I tell my basketball players is is when they're sixth graders and they're scared to tell, you know, their parents or their brothers that they love them in public. Yeah. Um, I'm 21. My older brother is Charles. He's 49. So there's a big gap, very big gap. But one thing Charles always did, even on my wedding day, is he always, every after every phone call, every, every time I see him, um, it's I love you and I love you too. And he always gives me a kiss on my head, even <laughs> at 21 to this day, with a, with a wife and kid in the house. He just, we don't care. You know, and when he's sitting lower than me, I kiss him on his head. It's just, we're family. You know, we're brothers. And, you know, just realizing that we're not promised tomorrow. And I, I think I just value that just a, a lot more in taking time out, you know, for my wife's family, for my family, for my friends. Um, I still obviously try to take time for myself, but making sure that they know that John Smith will always love them and care for them. And if they ever need anything, John's there. That is, that's the main thing. That's one thing I think Alyssa can even say about me is I always answer the phone when she needs me. So Aww. I try and take the most pride in that because I don't ever want to be someone that they can't count on. Wow. That that is something I feel like even people that don't have a platform like everybody I can think think of so many people even myself that like that's something that I could even work on. Like just as a person is being more consistently there for the people that might need me or the people that love me and really just stewarding what the Lord has given us. And I think that's something for everyone is 
if you take care of the nickels and the dimes, God will take care of the dollars. And so Mm -hmm. whatever walk of life that the Lord has given you, whatever place you're in, it's just knowing and, and trusting that the Lord has put you there for a reason and that you can only do as much as you can do with your given circumstances. But to take care of those things, like that means so much coming from someone like you who has seen so much in your life already. And it's kind of cheesy, but like, you know, all I'll say it is with your experience and and everything you've gone through, and I'm sure you get tired of people just talking about that all the time because you're so much more than that one experience that happened to you. But it is so good and so valuable to to talk to someone like you who has gone through the whole 15 minutes of fame and to just center back and realize that like, hey, that wasn't your whole life. Like that was a part of your life and that was something good and something amazing that the Lord blessed you with after a traumatic event. But what's still important to you in the end is family and it's still spending time with people that you love and having your close inner circle and caring for them and being with them and being with your brother and and playing video games and doing all the normal people (laughs) things which i mean i i don't play a lot of video games but my sister definitely does and so i have to ask what is your go-to video game um it's very i mean over the years when i was still kind of doing breakthrough we played a lot of um Rainbow Six Siege, when I got older and went to college, we played a lot of, like, Battle Royales. Now it's honestly oh, yes. whatever I can get time to play, so. <laughs> whatever your friends are playing, you just kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, let me hop on. No, that's that's great. That's funny. Um, and so now with your your life, and I know you talked a lot about family time and the things that are important to you now. So I'm sure that connects a little bit to how you view fame and popularity as well. So I, I mean, I, I am sure that you have lots of opinions on this and I love to hear all of them. Like just share what you think about fame, like Christian fame as opposed to secular fame and, and the difference and how you steward that and like just take time to to rant on anything that you need to rant about on on this the floor is yours you know (laughs) um it all comes back to honestly remembering that god put us in that position and god can definitely take us out of that position and you know one good thing that devon franklin taught me my movie producer Mm -hmm. he before we even started all this it was like his second time meeting me He just looked at me and he goes, John, stay humble and stay hungry. And I just looked at him and I was like, so what do you mean by that? He's like staying humble and remembering that God brought you there and he can take it away. Mm -hmm. And he said, stay hunger, hungry after everything he has for you in the future. And I feel like for personally me, that was, that was a life, a life changer because I'm a kid from St. Charles, Missouri. Mm -hmm. I always will be. My family was my family was middle class. My 
dad worked his butt off to put me through private education. He worked two jobs, woke up at six, didn't get home until probably about 1 a.m. and then did it all over again just to put me through, you know, private school education. Um, My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She had some health issues, but that didn't stop her from loving and caring for me and taking me to do everything I wanted to do and, you know, doing the best that she could. You know, my brothers, they poured into me their whole lives. It was just, for me, it was just remembering, okay, where I came from. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is, is I mean, with, you know, with my wife, we were high school sweethearts. You know, I, I didn't want anything different. I really didn't. Um, she went through me before the fame and after the fame. And we're, it, it, you know, just having things like that, remembering where I came from has been the whole view of things for me. I mean, I never want my, like, I joke around about it. I really do. Like, with people that know me, I have so much fun with it. <laughs> but people that don't know me, I won't tell you who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't, I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to, you know, I don't buy things that I don't genuinely need. Now, I'll splurge on myself every now and then, but very rarely do I ever, you know, do I need to have Louis Vuitton or Gucci (laughs) or whatever, Coach or Michael, whatever his name is. But for me personally, that's, (laughs) for me, that's how I see it is it's, I remember, I remember who put me here and I remember who can take me out of this, this way. Now, regarding overall fame, um, like you said, I had a little glimpse of it. It was really small. Um, I met some good people. Um, I met some small people. But at the same time, it it's one of those things to where – how do I word this? You see someone go through it and you realize how difficult it actually is. It is hard having everybody look at you constantly, having the spotlight on you 24-7, having cameras in your face, um, media in your face. You get no chance to really relax. Mm -hmm. And so you definitely have the utmost respect for them. But at the same time, I believe, especially in the secular media, we forget who put us there. Yeah. Um, we, we let too much of the world define us and not enough of, of Christ defining us. Um, regarding Christian celebrities, <laughs> I, go, I go back and forth with this. It's <sighs> Churches need to go back to teaching what the things that came out of the scripture rather than what the things they believe. And I'm just going to kind of leave it there and let people take that how they want to take it. Um, there are too many views. Um, one of my teachers in high school, and I'm sure, again, that our dear friend Alyssa remembers is um, Mr. Dylan. God love him. He's an older gentleman. But we walked into class, and his first thing he wrote on the board was, man is dumb. Man is dumb. And we all just kind of stared at him. And he's like, we're going to get up to heaven, and everybody's view is going to be completely wrong. <laughs> And it's like, I I believe it. I mean, there's too many out there. I think that God is going to get up there and definitely tell us what was right and what was wrong. And I'm ready for it because I just feel like, especially with the popular quote unquote Christians, Mm -hmm. um, we're focusing more on the ripped jeans and the tight bomber jackets (laughs) than we are worrying about influencing, you know, the youth and influencing the community that we have in front of us. Um, and just remembering that a church is, it could be a, a building in a strip mall. It could be, you know, um, your living room. It could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be, you know, a huge stadium with thousands of people. 
um, definitely remembering that. And I just feel like sometimes we forget that as, as pastors and as leaders in, in the faith. Um, I won't go too much on a rant about that one. I could sit here forever because it's kind of like one of my main my main problems as even a listener is we've sat in my kitchen and ranted about that for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Um, but for the most part, it's it's secular. It's just turning back to God, giving back. Yeah. You know, their fa- if you if you notice a lot of a lot of celebrities did have a faith when they were younger, and now unfortunately they've turned away, mm-hmm. and that that's very sad. And regarding the Christian popularity, I just let, let's worry about teaching the Bible. Let's worry about touching lives. Let's not worry about the Escalade that we're rolling in or the outfit we're wearing for the next service. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point on that. I was um I've been reading a little bit of John Mark Comer. He has this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I've been really tied up in that lately because even in the intro he he makes very good points and he states that sometimes we can gain a church but lose our relationship with Jesus. And he was talking about being like a mega church pastor and quitting because he wanted to spend more time in his relationships and and building those things that were important to him and close to him like family and and friends and to just kind of center in and to eliminate the hurry in his life that was every day the hustle and bustling going through things and never having a break to just sit down and keep his relationship with Jesus close and steady and to be intimate with him yes 100 percent. that to me like shook me so much and not in the sense that like i had been in any way doing anything close to what he was like i'm obviously not a mega church pastor i don't you know i don't go to meetings a billion times a day or anything like that but i think in our own lives there comes a point where we can either choose to try to promote ourselves and try to do what the world says and climb to the top, or we can choose to make Jesus the center of everything that we do and to steward those things that he's given us well and to just be in a relationship with him and value that as the most important thing. And so I love just talking to you about this because it seems like you have a pretty good head on your shoulders on all of this and and through your experiences you came out still valuing family and valuing the the things that the Lord has given you and stewarding them well and even in the beginning when you were just talking about how you would love to continue being there for your friends and being there for your close circle and just doing what they love to do and being there with them I think that speaks volumes to everyone and to anyone who might be listening to the podcast and and maybe they're thinking like oh well I didn't have those same opportunities or you know I wish that the Lord would bless me with a giant platform but what they might not realize is that at the end of the day the important things are the things that the Lord's already given all of us it's just that close circle or whatever circumstances we've been put in to just steward that well and to appreciate the things that the Lord's given us to come at it with an attitude of gratitude and, you know, all the cheesy sayings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But 
Yeah, so um, I know we kind of talked about all the family stuff, and I think that was kind of what I was wanting to get to with most of my questions for you. But I thought this would be fun to ask is just, if you could say one thing to Jesus right now, what would it be? And then after that, what do you think that Jesus would say to you? Um, one thing I'd say to Jesus is, why do good people die and the bad people stay? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, people think because I'm John Smith and I'm back to life that it makes it any less harder for me to watch people die and it it doesn't (laughs) I've watched unfortunately too many people commit suicide I've watched too many good old people pass away and enough bad people stay on this planet (laughs) and I just I just don't understand it you know it's it's one of those it's one of the hardest questions in life I my my son's named after um, a man from our church his name was Everett Wayne Hogue and he was, he was like my best friend. He did everything with me. Um, he was like the grandparents I never really had. And uh, he passed away. And it's it's been hard on me ever since because, you know, my dad's health isn't great. And my uncle's health, unfortunately, he's in the hospital right now. So it's like I looked to him for a lot of things. And unfortunately, he's not here. So, you know, you just you wonder. And, you know, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I had all the answers in the world. But... It's one of the questions I battle with every day. Yeah. I was battling it on the car ride home last night when I got some news about my poor uncle. It's just, it's it's a challenge. Um, What would he say to me? He'd probably tell me to shut up and just listen. <laughs> Honestly. Um, it's very simple. I think I'm one, I'm one of the stubborn ones, and I think God really is to get my attention. And the way he gets my attention, sometimes I don't like all the way, and but I need it. And I really think he would just, God would look at me and just be like, John, just shut up and open your ears. Um, I think those would be the the two things that he'd say to me and what I'd ask him. Um, But I'm excited to get up there one day and ask him for myself. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, that that is an incredible thought to to think about. And I think the way you live your life is is so humble and that way of just like you don't think that you know everything and so many people do but even the way that you like face that question is like there are hard things that we go through and there are a lot of answers that we don't know but we can trust that the lord is good and like you said he'll he'll probably just be like hey listen like you don't know everything yet but but someday you'll understand and when we get to heaven there will be so many answers, just like your teacher said, that like we'll just realize how much we don't know and how good mm-hmm. that God is in the end and through all of it. But that was that was very insightful. And, and I think I was kind of wondering as I watched your movie, I was like, I wonder how much of this is like straight up real and how much of it was like exaggerated for the film or whatever. But whenever you were explaining everything in the beginning of what happened and, and how that um, police commander officer um, actually heard the Lord, I, I thought with that, I was like, how, how many times do we just go about life and like 
we don't know that the Lord's speaking to us or he just drops something in our lives that is us being able to hear him in a way that we didn't ask for, in a way that we didn't think could even happen. And I thought with that, like, that's so interesting how all of those events came together and how everything in your life happened. And, and you didn't ask for it. Definitely. You didn't ask Mm-mm. for it. You know, you're like, God, why me? Like, why did you choose me? Why, why did these things happen to me? And the truth is, like, we might not know until we get to heaven. Like, we have no idea why, uh, you know, why it was you and why God chose to do those things that he did and, and have mercy in the ways that he did and allow people to hear him in those ways that he did. But I think it's definitely an interesting topic and, and something that's worth considering and meditating on and studying in the word is like the man, that man makes his own paths, I think is the verse and but the Lord, um, directs our steps. And in the end, the Lord has his own plans for us, which is beautiful, but also scary and daunting at the same time. But the way that the Lord writes our stories is just something I think is, is worth considering with the podcast. Um, you probably don't know too much about it. I've, you know, it's only a couple episodes deep right now, but on every episode, I like to have someone on that has just had a super strong connection with God or has walked really interesting um, things in their lives. So like I had Alyssa on and we talked about how she was a PR and ad major, but the Lord had told her to delete her social media, which is crazy for a PR and ad major and and really um, just un, unlike a lot of the youth in the world today is like everybody has social media so how much do we trust God in those ways whenever he tells us to live differently than other people and I think everybody has a different God story and and everyone goes through different things and you know the Lord highlights different things to them in their lives and we might not know why now but it is definitely valuable and definitely something to to honor him about and so I just want to thank you for sharing all of that today and everything that you've gone through and your views on on everything now like post fame post breakthrough post tours and (laughs) and all of that jazz but I wanted to to let you say something like if you had anything on your heart that you'd like to communicate to people who might know your story, who might not know your story, just if you had anything on your heart. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> uh, going back to Alyssa, I mean, she just looked at me and she asked me the other night, she's like, I'm still speaking. And she just asked, are you still going off, you know, my personal testimony or are you just go, are you, you know, are you actually like preaching? And I've come to the realization that I just need to, you know, be honest, you know, I just need to be real. And that's what people want is just genuine. And the main thing I just tell people is, you know, what, what, what is your purpose? You know, what are you going to let define you? What are you going to let steer your heart? Um, there's too many people going, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. But there's not enough people explaining on why you don't need to do this, why certain things are bad for you. Um, 
And so, I mean, mm-hmm. that's my, just my question to most people is why are you doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing? If you're hurting yourself, then why are you doing it? If you're surrounding yourself yeah. around people that have negative influences, why are you doing that as well? If you're going down a path of destruction, why are you doing it? What's your reasoning behind it? And then just guiding and walking people, you know, alongside it. There's too many things in this world right now that are just tearing families and relationships apart. Instead, sit down and have a conversation and remember, you know, bring up biblical reasons. There's no reason to scream in each other's face. You know, God would, and I tell this to my mm-hmm. wife, I tell this to a lot of people, you know, God was around a lot longer before the elephant and the donkey. He just was. I mean, the the it's crazy how, you know, nonsense has gone this far. Um, so just to all your people, you know, what do you like to find you? And then who are you surrounding yourself with? Because if you can just answer those two things and it's not a great answer, then if you change it, I promise you, you know, letting God in your life, letting him choose your path and then letting God dictate who you surround yourself with. I promise you're going to have a lot more better influences and a better way of life moving forward. That's amazing advice, John. Thank you so much for sharing that and just for being on today. I know I definitely like learned a lot from it and it kind of like recenters me and humbles me a bit to to even just recognize like and refocus like those things that are important that are truly important are going to stay the things that are important throughout our whole lives like family and friends and just everything that you said and and you bring so much wisdom to the table and in every way and I just think like I know our friend Alyssa we we value her so much and and I just remember some of the most special times to me, even with her, were just whenever we could sit down and talk about family and like what's going on in her life and what's going on in my life. And that's really where the strength and bond of our relationship is in those little things. And it's refreshing to hear about. It's not draining. It's not sucking up attention from either one of us. It's just we love and enjoy talking to each other. And hearing from each other and I think that's a good tell as well is if there is something in your life that is extra draining then maybe that's something to to cut out because I don't think the Lord intended us to live a life that was constantly sucking away our um, our motivations and and constantly draining I think he intended us to care for others, to thrive in our relationships, and to constantly be built up and to pour out into others and to have that constant flow of of relationship. 100%. Thank you again so much for being on. Um, This was To the Dreamers. Love, John Smith. (laughs) So I will see y'all next time, and I hope you have a great day.